Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Project Edward 2023 podcast with me, James Luckhurst. The title of the podcast season is My Role in the Safe System. And this week we're in the esteemed company of two leaders from the world of law enforcement. Joy Allen, Police and Crime Commissioner for Durham and the National Deputy Lead for Roads Policing. And Joe Shiner, Chief Constable of Sussex and the National Police Chief's Council Lead for Roads Policing. I made a rather soggy journey on foot from the station up to Joy's office at Akeley Heads in Durham recently. Perhaps more sensibly, Joe joined us remotely from the warm and dry of her office in Lewis. Well, I first asked Joy about her role. Right, well, I think we've got two, two roles. I'm the Deputy Lead for the Association of Police and Crime Commissioners for Roads, uh, Policing and Transport. And my role um, is to actively engage with all the other uh, 42 PCCs um, and also other agencies to advocate for po uh, policies that aim to reduce the number of people killed and seriously injured on the roads. And you're a politician. Would that be right as a political appointment, a PCC? Let's just be sure. I for am. We elected normally every four years, but because of COVID, it was three years. So we all up in May of next year. Chief Constable Joe Shiner, tell us how you see your role in the safe system. So I see my role. I lead the National Police Chiefs Council on, on, on everything roads policing and road safety. And my role is to really work in partnership with many other people uh, to try to pull together what is best practice and how we might be able to influence um, in the future to be able to reduce those people who are killed seriously injured on our roads. Policing the road is everyone's responsibility. That's what it says in your uh, in your strategy. Can you expand on this a bit and offer perhaps some examples to illustrate how that can work? Everybody policing the roads. Yeah, certainly. Um, it has to be everybody's responsibility. The vast, vast majority of people um, use our roads, whether or not that's as a car driver, whether it's pedestrian, a cyclist, horse rider, whatever that is. Um, and therefore, uh, not only is policing the roads, if you like, or making our roads safer, everybody's responsibility, but that sense of personal responsibility and making sure that you are thinking about other road users um, and public space users whilst you are using them is really, really important. And more widely, of course, it comes down to policy makers, planners, engineers, vehicle manufacturers, fleet managers, enforcement officers. Um, there is a whole plethora of people who can and should have an influence in terms of making our roads safer for the future. Commissioner, I'll turn to you. Just talk to me about your officers. How motivated are they? What kind of impression do you get of, of, of what spurs them on to do their work? I think they're very passionate um, about the work that they do. Uh, they're very um, creative, innovative. Um, they're always looking for new solutions to really make the difference to reduce those killed and seriously injured on the roads. But I, I totally agree with um, what Joe said. I think the public have a massive role to play in helping keep our roads safe and reduce road deaths. Um, I think the introduction of the um, Operation SNAP and more recently I've been to see um, ParkSafe, which is actually encouraging people to report dangerous parking, um, which causes killed and seriously injured to the police. So it's a very much a partnership role. I think our police are very, very engaging. Um, they're very much 
great partnership workers, but they're always at the cutting edge, always wanting to drive and do things. And, and I think for me, as a PCC, it's a fantastic position to be in to support a very able and willing team to deliver and drive road safety in, in our force area. One of the people I'm thinking about, and uh, uh, Chief Constable Shiner may remember, and how could you forget, Natalie Horner at the UK ROAD conference. Um, oh. Just uh, explain the impact that she had on the room that we were all in that afternoon. Sometimes I think it is easy for us to talk about numbers. Um, we look at KSI numbers, are they going up and down? And what we don't do is to equate that to people. We don't equate it to those loved ones who have been lost, those families uh, whose future has been changed forever because sometimes or often of a decision made by another road user that actually could have been changed. And I think that what that did was to bring that to life very much in a very vivid way uh, and of course that kind of presentation you know works for some people it doesn't work for others and I hugely respect that but I do think that we must never forget just how awful road death and um, all being seriously on, injured on the roads is both for those victims of course but also for those families and loved ones they leave. Commissioner let's talk about partnerships from your point of view. What value do they bring and which ones could you identify have really worked well for you? Um, well, obviously, we've got the casualty reduction partnership, which is a, a key role. Um, but I think for me as a commissioner, the, the partnership is the really important one, is the community and with the Speedwatch volunteers and the people out working alongside our neighbourhood officers in all sorts of weathers um, to really help um get that message out about road safety. However, we do work with, uh, you know, the, the local authority, the highways and the agencies. But I mean, I used to be a, an area manager in the fire and rescue service. So I know how passionate the fire service are about reducing killed and seriously injured on the roads because it's them that have to extricate the people out of the cabs or the cars before they can be helped um, by the, the ambulance service. So. You know, have coming from that background, you wouldn't necessarily think that that partner would be involved or interested in road safety. You know, from from a public point of view, but when you see it, you just see that they're actually doing more of that than they are pulling people out of fires. So it's important that we understand what we're trying to do, work together collectively across the area and get the key messages out. I think a key message, simple messages, are really really important to resonate with the public. Chief Constable, it's not long till the, the, the next round of police and crime commissioner elections. Let's just talk about and reflect on the relationship that works between a chief constable and a police and crime commissioner where roads policing is concerned. Could you draw up an accurate kind of description of what, uh, what you would want from a police and crime commissioner and what they need to understand they can get from you? So, I, I mean, I, I think that I would want what we currently have in terms of the national relationship between myself and Lisa Townsend, who obviously leads it in her office, um, and, and of course, join others, because I think that it is really constructive. I think because most people know somebody who has either been injured, seriously injured, um, or killed on the road, I think it is really real to people. Uh, but I also think that increasingly police and crime commissioners are including it in their plans. Mm -hmm. They're recognising the devastation and the impact on the communities that they represent um, uh, as, as, as an elected person. Uh, and therefore, I'm really 
quite enthused actually um, about uh, just how importantly police and crime commissioners do take uh, road crime, which of course is incredibly important to all of us. And from your point of view, Commissioner, what should you be looking for from a, a, a chief to, to work with you where road safety and roads policing is concerned? I think obviously as a PCC, we're elected to represent the public. So that's when we have a manifesto. And I was really pleased in my manifesto that we included Operation SNAP as a priority. Um, and also, you know, through the precept, we consult on the precept as well and getting the funding for that. I think Joe was quite right. It's, you know, Everything can be a priority and it all requires financing. Um, so if it's in a plan, your police, um, your chief constable work, it's our plan. So we sign off on it. So there'll be nothing in the, you know, we, when we come together to publicise it, it's a joint plan and then it's to deliver the plan. So it's really important that PCCs stand up for the community, but then we need the support of our chiefs to deliver it. So it's a very much a collaborative arrangement, a very strong partnership to deliver what matters to the communities most. Could I just conclude by getting you both to reflect on emerging threats? Um, Chief Constable Shiner. Yeah, so I, I think in, in relation to emerging threats, I'm really concerned about legislation being able to keep up with technology because whether or not we look at e-scooters, whether we look at the emergence of the really fast and powerful electric bikes, call them what you would like to, whether or not we look at those vehicles that can now park themselves once you're inside a parking lot, uh, I don't think that legislation is necessarily keeping up with those vehicles and who's responsible and, and all sorts of other challenges, which I think do put the public at risk or greater risk and, and make it less clear for everybody about what is required or expected of them when they use those vehicles in the public space. I'm also concerned around, we've heard a lot in the media recently about the cost of insurance going up. We're increasingly seeing people who are risking driving without insurance. And of course, that has implications for a lot of people. We're also seeing that upward trend in terms of those offences uh, against the Fatal Five or including the Fatal Five, such as driving whilst under the influence of drink or drugs, speeding or using a mobile phone uh, when at the wheel. And quite a lot of that is related as well to the delivery economy, the gig economy, if you like, where actually people are being squeezed more and more to get their deliveries done in a tighter and tighter timescale, which arguably is impacting upon the behaviours that they're needing to uh, use when they're driving on the roads. So there's quite a few emerging challenges for me that I really do think need picking up and need recognising. Equally, I'm really enthused, particularly by some of the work that UK Road is doing, led by Ruth Purdy, around some of those uh, courses and really looking to the future around how we can put more preventative education in place, which hopefully should prevent those KSIs in the future, as opposed to kind of give them the education once they've already happened. And from your point of view, Commissioner, emerging threats, perhaps in your force area or wider? I think... Joe's covered um, most of them, but the only thing is, I think, hopefully we've um, sort of stemmed the tide, but I lead nationally on addictions and substance misuse, and we were very, very concerned about the number of people um, taking nitrous oxide and driving on the road, um, and because you can lose consciousness, and there had been a number of cases reported where nitrous oxide had been involved. However, because the testing of it, the nitrous oxide isn't there present when um, the tests have been done. However, 
as we were able to pick up in Holland, the bandit, um, bandit from sale, um, because of not because of the drug, but because of the impact on road uh, casualty reductions as well, and the impact it was having on those killed on the roads as well. Um, so I think my, again, with that other portfolio on, and I do bring into the roads policing, it's the drugs and the alcohol, and particularly the north synthetic drugs that's going to be used, and the impact that that's going to have on the road users. So what I've advocated for, both in roads uh, policing, but also in the drugs with the Home Office, is more testing on the roads. And we have got a real opportunity with the new white paper that's coming out to consult, because I think if we test and somebody's positive for drink or drug, they should actually pay for the test and pay for the administration so we could do more. I think we should be able to take the license off them as soon as the test positive and give it back if it's if they've not found a court rather than the other way around. Nobody should be driving if the test positive for drug and alcohol on our roads. So I think we've got opportunities with new legislation to change that, to identify some of the gaps and the frustrations that we have that currently hamper our ability to prosecute and pursue those who are driving dangerously and recklessly on our roads. How quickly can we move and to take some action on that, though? Well, we've been waiting. I mean, it's in the we're waiting for the um, the consultation to be released, and I'm sure Joe, me, Lisa, and, and all the the PCCs will be really um, lobbying for that change. We have got a change of government. Things can, you know, it's all down to progress. Um, but if we advocate for it, we have to make the changes into legislation. So these things don't happen overnight, unfortunately. But once it's in train and we can start to have that. Um, conversation, we can make the changes that are so needed to make our roads safer and to reduce those killed and seriously injured on our roads. I almost gave you a round of applause for that last one. There can be no better prevention or deterrent than roadside disqualification um, in certain circumstances. And testing positive for drugs is definitely one of those. Not only that, but you can also reduce some of the demand that's going into the criminal justice system because if if you've already done the roadside disqualification and then you have a guilty plea as long as there's no other aggravating factors that can be dealt with outside of the court system and that's what we should be trying to achieve it happens already i've seen it in norway and other countries where it's just it's roadside evidential drug testers they pull them out of the boot of the car 10 minutes later job done Um, why not why not well, I think you've got you've got two leads here, and I'm sure we've got obviously Lisa's support as well. And you know, if we can make a difference, and we've got a solution, I think the government are listening to what will make a difference. This will make a difference. Joe said that the experience that we said that we've got the evidence that says that. So let's make it happen. Last word about Community Speed Watch. Uh, Durham is a leading force. Sussex is an enthusiastic force. It has been held back since the pandemic. What's your message to Community Speed Watch um, people and, and how, how supportive are you of Community Speed Watch in, in the fight against the, the Fatal Five and particularly in speeding? I'm hugely supportive of them. And my main message to them would be thank you, because they're all volunteers who go out there in all weathers um, and sometimes get 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 a bit of uh, abuse for it, frankly, from the public who don't actually see the really valuable job that they are doing. 
to reduce speed um, on on their local roads. Uh, I met with um, all of them online a couple of weeks ago to be able to say thank you to them and also to listen to some of the challenges and the opportunities that we might have with that group in the future. And I can tell you, they're really bright, experienced, enthusiastic, passionate people who just want others to slow down, take that personal responsibility so that we can reduce KSI on the roads around our own communities. And in Durham, there's quite a high-tech approach to CSW, isn't there, Commissioner? Yeah, we, we also, um, yes, we do we, we do provide the, the equipment to do the, the roadside. Um, but more recently, um, we've um, helped with partners and counsellors um, and, um, and agencies. We've got uh, mobile speed watch vans, um, so it gives them a lot more mobile uh, device so they can sit in the car, sit in the van, and the, the, the equipment lets people know that the, the speed and it's picked up straight away to um, obviously issue the the letters of the warning etc but when it's not being used it can be used by our neighborhood officers and the next iteration the next is the looking to have a, um, a cctv camera up in there as well to be deployed um, so i think the the volunteers are priceless and um, sometimes say well you know that you couldn't put a price on them because they do that day and out in all the weathers. Um, and I think it's really, really important that we recognise the work that they're doing, give them the technology. And I think this is where PCC's offices come in. If there is some innovation, something we can try, they can come to the offices and PCC's will make it happen. If there's something we can do to support local volunteers who are helping to make our roads safe, we will absolutely bend over backwards to do that. Joy Allen, Durham Police and Crime Commissioner, and we also heard from Chief Constable Joe Shiner. And that concludes this week's episode. Do like and share the podcast and urge your colleagues and friends to do the same, or simply listen via the Project Open website. Next week, we meet Surrey PCC Lisa Townsend, who's the national lead for roads policing, and we're up in the air with the Devon Air Ambulance. It's all part of our theme for the season, my role in the safe system. From me, James Lunkhurst, thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time.